you're new to Family of Grace, my name is Ralph. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we're just excited that uh, you are joining us today uh, because here's the good news for you today. God's got a word for you today. God wants to speak into your life today. And so today, uh, if you have your Bibles or your smart device or scroll, whatever it is that you're using today to look at Scripture, you can go ahead and open it up to the Gospel according to John, uh, the 20th chapter uh, of the Gospel according to John. And if you don't have any of those things, it's okay. Uh, I think we'll put it on the screen for you. So the last several weeks, we've been, we've been uh, kind of hopscotching through uh, the, the Gospels, uh, looking at something that, that we call louder than words. Have you ever heard a phrase this phrase or maybe something like that, what you are doing is speaking so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. So it's kind of that premise that we've been, we've kind of been walking our way through uh, the Gospels, just looking at some, uh, some, uh, some examples of that, that, that we find in, in the Gospels. And so we started out uh, by looking at when Jesus uh, first began his public ministry, uh, and he called uh, a group of men that we call disciples today. And when he called them, they left all and they followed Jesus. I would say that speaks pretty loud, wouldn't you? I mean, they left their, their family, their friends, their fortunes. They left everything that they had been working for up until that day. And they followed Jesus. And so uh, we, we looked at that and, and then... Uh, the, the next week, we looked at those who followed Jesus out of curiosity, those who were just intrigued by him, uh, those who really weren't sure about him, they, they had heard about him, maybe they had seen a few miracles that he did or, or, or seen some things that, uh, that he had accomplished and, and, and heard some things. And, and, and so they were, they were just kind of hanging around and, and they were curious. And, and so as, as Jesus began to draw them in, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw that in John chapter 6, verse 66, okay, John 6, 6, 6, one of the saddest verses to me in all of the Bible, because when Jesus began to say, look, if you're going to follow me, this is going to be the cost, and that verse says that many of them walked with him no more. That speaks pretty loud also, don't you think? Louder than words. And then, and then I believe it was last week that Pastor Brad uh, took us uh, uh, in, into uh, the Gospel of, of Mark. And, and we looked at uh, this woman who, who had been sick for over 12 years, had, a, had an issue of blood for over 12 years. And, and she thought, man, if I, I don't even have to speak to Jesus. I don't even have to get him to touch it. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. That's how much faith she had. If I could just touch the very thread of the hem of his garment, then I'll be healed. And she did. She made her way through the crowd. And look, here's a nameless woman, a nameless woman that never said a word, but her faith spoke so loud that we could hear very clearly. Louder than words, her faith in Jesus. And so that was a touch of desperation. Today, we're going to look at a touch of affirmation that's found in John chapter 20. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 19. Uh, and, and so the context here is right after the resurrection, right after Jesus had been crucified, put in the tomb, 
uh, and came out of that tomb three days later. And that's where we pick it up here on uh, chapter 19 of verse 20. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered together and locked the doors of the place because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And rightfully so. It was the Jewish leaders who had taken Jesus, who had arrested him, who had falsely accused him, who had put on a mock trial, who had scourged him and beat him and put him on the cross. It was those people that they were afraid of, and rightfully so. And Jesus came, okay? So here they are. They're in this room, and they've got the doors locked because they are afraid that somebody's going to identify them with Jesus and do the same thing to them that they did to Jesus. And so here they are, huddled up in this room with the doors locked, and Jesus just walks in. I love it. And Jesus stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, they are forgiven. If you retain anyone's sin, they are retained. Verse 24. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the wounds from the nail in his hand and put my finger into the wounds from the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe it. Verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were again together in the house, and Thomas was with them. And although the, uh, although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and examine my hand. Extend your hand and put it into my side. Do not continue in your unbelief, but believe. Thomas replied to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are the people who have not seen and yet have believed. Father, thank you for your word today. Father, thank you for having John write this down for us. Father, thank you that it is just as relevant to us today as it was the very day that you had John pen these words. So, Father, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit today takes your word. God, and I pray that you speak into our lives right where we are today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes I think Thomas gets a bad rap. What, what, what is Thomas known as? What, what do people call Thomas? What is it? Doubting Thomas. That's not good, is it? How would you like to be called Doubting Ralph or Doubting Dan? Okay, better than Judas, I guess. But, but Doubting Thomas. Sometimes I think Thomas uh, gets, a, gets a bad rap. But when the, when the disciples said, you know what? Thomas, you're not going to believe this, man. We have seen the Lord. <laughs> they were right. He didn't believe it. He, he didn't believe what, what they, but, I mean, how could this be? Thomas had witnessed 
Jesus being put to death. He had witnessed them putting him in that tomb. He had witnessed them rolling the stone and sealing it up in front of that tomb. And he said, unless I see it for myself. No more than that. I'm I'm not even going to be satisfied to simply see it. I've got to touch him. I've got to touch his hands. I've got to touch the side. I've got to touch the scars. I've got to feel it for myself uh, or I will never believe that it's really him. Never believe it. But before we come down too hard on Thomas, I wonder if maybe some of us are his twin this morning. You know what Didymus means? It means twin. And I believe if we just get honest with ourselves today, that Thomas probably got some twins in here today. Sometimes I think that we as Christians can be some of the most dishonest people on the face of this earth. And, and here's why I say that. Because sometimes I think we feel as though we have to have it all together. That there's never any doubt. That there's never any weakness of our faith. That, there's, that, that we've never experienced any of that. That we've got everything figured out. That we've got everything uh, you know, lined up. And, and we just know everything there is to know about walking with Christ. And, and if we aren't just dead level certain about everything in our life, then, then somehow we feel like that we failed God. Can we just get real this morning? Can we just get real? Yes, we are a people of faith, and, and we know that the Bible says that, that without faith it's impossible to please God. But sometimes I, I think we're like the, the father of the demon-possessed boy there in, in Mark chapter 9 when, when, when the disciples couldn't cast that demon out, and Jesus came and he said, just have faith. And he said, I do believe, but God help my unbelief. He said, I'm believing all I can. My faith is as strong as it can be right now. Help me strengthen it. Help me take that next step. You see, doubt is no place to live. But if we're honest, I believe it's a place that we would have to admit that we have all visited from time to time. Don't be super spiritual this morning. I believe that sometimes those who wrestle with doubt, sometimes those who wrestle with unbelief, sometimes those whose faith gets weak can oftentimes come out stronger on the other side of it, the other, other side of that experience. Here's what I believe that Thomas was saying. Thomas was saying, you know what? I'm so crushed. I'm just so, I, I'm so crushed that, that, I, that I need a sign. I need, God, I just need a sign. I need you to, to show me something. My, my faith is just not there right now. I need something. Guys, uh, brothers in Christ, I need something more than your testimony. My faith is just, it's just not there right now. And, and you know, just think about what had happened leading up to this day. I mean, in the days leading up to where uh, John is describing this for us, they, they had marched into Jerusalem, man, with to large to a ticker tape parade, man. The bands were playing, the crowds were cheering. They were, man, they were laying things in the street. They were, man, they were just worshiping. And, and I can just imagine they were behind Jesus saying, man, this is a pretty cool deal right here, you know. All these people come out to see us. 
And so it was all good. And, and I know that, that, that for three and a half years, Thomas had been following Jesus and been learning from Jesus and seen some incredible things in his life. And, but all of that got turned upside down in a week. In just a few days, they had taken Jesus and, uh, and arrested him and, and, and crucified him and, and, and put him to death. No wonder. I mean, it's no wonder to me that Thomas needed, needed a sign. But his problem was really not doubt. It was unbelief. That's what verse 27 tells us. He just couldn't take Jesus at his word. Because not too long before this, Jesus was talking about when this time would come. He was talking about the time when, when he would be crucified and, and, and put in the tomb. And, and, he, and he said it like this. He said, uh, you'll know, you know where I'm going you can come with me and, and 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 Thomas was like Lord we don't even know where you're going how can we possibly know the way and, and so he was crushed he was crushed and he just needed more than the words of uh, of his uh, of, of his fellow disciples and because Thomas's hopes and his his dreams had just been been man just been absolutely blown to smithereens, and, and, and he was trying to make some sense out of everything that was happening. He was trying to make some sense out of everything that was going on uh, around him. I mean, he had thrown in with this Jesus from Nazareth guy. And for three and a half years, he'd been following him, and, and he had experienced some incredible things, and it was it was so awesome, but... But now, now he was dead. And not only that, the religious leaders were looking for him. Perhaps to do the same thing to him. We've all been there. We've all had our faith crushed. We know what the Bible says. We know what the testimony of others are. We know what Jesus has said. We know what, what we have experienced ourselves in the past. But somehow, we're just not able to believe. Somehow, our faith is, is just weak and it just somehow, it can't make that stretch. And I believe that perhaps some of you may even be there this morning. You're so crushed. You just feel like, God, I just need a sign. <laughs> I, I just need a sign, God. I need you to show me something. Maybe, maybe you had things all worked out for your ministry. How it was going to work and what you were going to do and how you were going to serve and I, I, I remember uh, last night, Pastor Lance was talking about how he had told God he was never going to do this and he was never going to do that. I mean, he had it all figured out. And it's been said, if you really want to make God smile, tell him what you're not going to do. <laughs> Maybe you had it all figured out and it just didn't work out like you had it figured out. Or maybe you knew what you were going to do for a career and you started down that path, man, and you had it all worked out and you had it all figured out and it didn't work out like you had it figured out. Maybe you had your perfect marriage all figured out. <laughs> it's not working out like you had it figured out. 
See, we've all been there. We, and some of us may be there now where we're just, we're just crushed. Thing, things just haven't worked out like we thought that they ought to work out. And, and we get to the point that we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't even know what to believe anymore. We get there. We get to those places. So, so how do, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we move from living in doubt and fear and unbelief to living a life of victory that God has for us? First of all, let, let's look at the life of Thomas. And the first thing we see in his life is he was living like his best days were behind him. I mean, you think about the things that, that Thomas had experienced. Thomas was there when they walked into town one day and the, and the tax collector came up and said, Hey, y'all going to pay you taxes or what? And Jesus said, Go down there and catch a fish. They went and caught a fish and they opened his mouth and guess what was in there? Tax money. <laughs> I used to fish a lot. I always looked in the mouth. Never saw any money in there. <laughs> Thomas was there. Yeah, it cost me money to fish. I don't make money. Thomas was there when that happened. I mean, look, he was in the boat that night. The storm came up, and they thought the boat was going to break apart, and they didn't even know what they were going to do. They thought they were all going to drown. And here comes Jesus walking on the water saying, Peace be still. He was in the boat that night. Thomas was there on the side of that mountain that day when that little boy gave up his little sardines and a couple of crackers and Jesus took it and blessed it and, and broke it and fed the thousands upon thousands. In fact, Thomas was one of the ones who gathered up a basket full of leftovers, put it on his shoulder and walked off that day. Thomas experienced some incredible things. And now he's at a point he's thinking, Oh, that's gone forever. I can never, I can never have those kinds of spiritual highs again. Jesus is dead. I don't know what's going to happen to us. It'll never be as good as it once was. I mean, he was at a point where he, it, look. He, he didn't even know come here from Sikkim. I mean, he didn't know what to do. I, I can understand where he's coming from, and, and, and you can too, but, but I want you to look with me there. In verse number uh, 26, it says, eight days later. Numbers are important to God. Not three days, not seven. Eight, eight is the number of new beginnings. And so it was eight days later that Jesus came uh, to Thomas. And he's saying, Thomas, this is a day of new beginnings for you, son. And I wonder if you may be living like the best days are behind you. I wonder today if your testimony is about what God used to do in your life, how you used to serve God, how you used to minister in His name, how you used to hear from Him, how you used to do this or you used to do that, and, and you think for whatever reason that those days are gone forever and, and, and that you'll never hear from God like that again. You'll never serve Him like that again. Remember those times. Remember those things. 
But you can't live there. You can't live in the way things used to be. And, and, and here's what I want you to know this morning is that Christ wants to do a new thing in your life. This is a new day for you. This is the eighth day for you. This is, this is good news for you this morning. This is the eighth day. God says, starting this day, it can be different. You can walk out of here different than the way you walked in here. I'm sure Thomas walked out of that room that day much different from the way he walked in it. And That's the good news for you today. You can walk out of here saying, God, thank you that you're not through with me yet. He wants to do a new thing in your life. He, ha- he wants to use those things in your past to shape you for the things that He has for you in the future. Don't live like the best days are behind you. Because I'm here to tell you this morning, God's not done with you yet. We also see in the life of Thomas that he was living on a piggyback ride. He was living on a piggyback ride. What Thomas needed at that particular time, he needed a piggyback ride. A piggyback ride of faith. Now, normally you don't give piggyback rides unless they're needed, right? I, I remember I remember when my, my children were smaller and, and, and we may be going somewhere. or uh, 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 You know, Jacob and I may be in the woods hunting and he was about knee high to a grasshopper and we, he couldn't cross a creek or whatever. I'd get him on my back and we'd... Cross the creek, give him a piggyback ride. Sometimes when we can't see far enough, when we can't walk far enough, when the divide is too great for us to cross, sometimes we need a piggyback ride of faith. And you know what? That's all right. That's all right. Here's what's cool to me. Jesus didn't. You know, he didn't rebuke Thomas to the point of saying, Thomas, what's wrong with you, son? Are you crazy? No, he said, no, he took the challenge. Thomas, if that's what it takes, son, come on. Come on, touch touch my hand. Touch my side. It's okay. I'll give you a piggyback ride. I'll help stretch your faith. I'll carry you till you can believe. And, And... so all of us from time to time, we need, a, we need a piggyback ride of faith. We need somebody sometimes to carry us because we just can't see what we need to see or we can't walk where we need to walk or we can't cross the divide that, that we need to cross. Sometimes we just need somebody to help carry us. And that's why church family is so important. That, that's why. When those waves of doubt and, and, and unbelief wash over us, we need somebody who can help carry us. Somebody who can help us see a little further than, than we can see by ourselves. And you know, the natural inclination is to distance yourself from the very people that you need to be around. When your faith gets weak, unbelief begins to creep in, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say, Pastor, man, things just aren't going well in my life right now. You know, I've I got to get some things figured out, and i got to get some things straightened out. And I, You know what? I, I'm, just, I, I'm not coming to church for a while until I get all that done. Really? <laughs> it's why church family is so important. 
Because there are times when we just need a piggyback ride. You know, this wasn't the first time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples. Thomas wasn't there the first time. And it's demonstrated in his unbelief. And I'm here this morning to tell you, it's no shame. It's no shame to need a piggyback ride from time to time. But it is a shame if you continue to live there. It is a shame if you continue to live off the faith of someone else. You know what? I, I don't find where Thomas ever needed another sign. I, I, I don't see where he ever needed or asked for another sign. I don't see where he ever needed another piggyback ride. What I do see is that Thomas started living like it was already done. He started living like, like it was already done. See, the, the, the average Christian says, show me a sign and I will believe. But Jesus says, if you will only believe, you will see signs and wonders. We see that. Look at verse 30. Now, Jesus performed many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. John said, Jesus did a lot of stuff I didn't write down in here. <laughs> he says in verse 31, but these are recorded so that ye may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, life in his name. John said, Ben, there's no way. No way I could write down everything Jesus did, but I picked out a few things to write down so that you can believe, so that you can have life. These signs and wonders, I wrote those things down in case you need a sign from time to time. John said, I wrote those things down. You see, Christ wants to move you from getting piggyback rides to giving piggyback rides. Anyone. You, you remember the story of Gideon in the Old Testament, how, how God had spoke to Gideon and said, Gideon, I want you to assemble and lead this mighty army. He's <laughs> like, oh, not me, God, you? God said, yeah, Gideon, yeah. Gideon said, okay, all right, all right God, all right, let's do this. I'm going to put a lambskin fleece out, and, and uh, when I wake up in the morning, if, if, uh, if, if it's dry and all the ground around is wet, then I'll, that's a bit, that'll be a sign. That'll be my sign, God, and I'll, I'll do what you tell me. Well, guess what? He got up the next morning, and it was as dry as it could be, and the ground all around it was wet. He said, well, hey, God, one more. Only this time, let's do it in reverse. I'm going to leave it out here tonight, and, and, and if the ground all around is dry and, and the fleece is wet, then I'll know, that, that'll be my sign. God, I'll follow that. So he gets up the next morning, what? He wrings the water out of the fleece, and it'll dry all the way around. Look. Any of us can follow a wet or dry fleece. Any of us can do that. But God calls us to more than that. He calls us to more than that. 
Here's what I want to challenge you with this morning. Don't live your life looking for a sign. Live your life looking to Jesus. Yeah, we need him from time to time. But I want to ask you this morning, if you're living a life of one piggyback ride after another, are you living life dependent on the faith of somebody else? You, you, you have to have somebody carry you. Start living like it's already done. Whatever the it is in your life, start living. I, I don't see where Thomas ever needed another sign. As far as we know, he never asked for it. He never, his faith never failed him. The scripture doesn't tell us, but history tells us that he was martyred by an uh, Indian by having a spear. By being pierced all the way through with a spear. How ironic is that? That's louder than words. That's louder than words. Because he moved from wanting to put his hand in the side of Jesus where he was pierced. To living a life for him. That caused him to be pierced all the way through. you've been living your life like your best days are behind you, I want to challenge you that today can be a new day. Today is the eighth day. If you need a piggyback ride today, it's okay. We can help with that. That, that, That's what we do as a church. That's why we're here. One of the things that we do, we can help with that. But if you're tired of living on someone else's faith and you say, God, I just need to get there myself where I can quit getting piggyback rides and start... Giving piggyback rides, we can help with that too. If you're ready to live like it's already been done, today's the day. I just want to challenge you this morning to let your actions today be so loud that nobody can hear what you're saying. Would you bow with me this morning? Father, in Jesus' name, Thank you for the challenge of your word, God. Thank you for the example of Thomas. We thank you that wherever we are today, whether our faith is strong or weak, God, you're willing to meet us right where we are. God, I pray for those who may be struggling today. God, I pray that today would be a new day. Today would be the day we say from this moment on, God, we're going to follow you like never before. We're going to love you like never before. We're going to serve you like never before. God, we're going to we're going to do like we're going to do like Thomas. We're going to we're going to walk out of here different than the way we came in because we've experienced you. God, we don't need a sign as long as we have you. God, we want you today. 
So today, Lord, I pray that you just have your will, your way, every heart, every life.